Well, good evening. Long time no see. <laughs> Trust you had a good afternoon, and uh, I think boy, people are people are are pulling in as as we speak. And uh, hey, welcome to week four. I uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're here, and uh, this tonight is uh, probably one of the most uh, important nights and important subjects as we jump into the continuing uh, evolution of what Love You is all about. But in reality, the, the communication piece is the piece, as far as I'm concerned, as far as Angela's concerned, uh, in our marriage, in, in our, our, our marriage relationships. And so uh, I'm excited about what we're going to be doing, uh, be doing tonight. Uh, just want to offer my welcome. Uh, for those of you that have kids and have, have uh, uh, placed them in the back with, uh, with Bonnie Flowers, I just want you to know she is enrolling. They're always enrolling, but uh, the information is on the back there. We're very grateful that um, she has, uh, she and her husband, Jason, have, have, uh, stepped up and and helped us out we do have a little snag because of a, a schedule conflict she approached me this week uh the last night we've got to get a substitute and so you can be praying about that uh with me or maybe even volunteering some teenage daughters or something like that to step up to the plate and help out <coughs> help out with uh, that so hey grab a cup of coffee uh, make yourself comfortable and i think it's about time that we hear a little bit more about what's going on in the lives of our two geriatric Edgar, I think that we should get book face. Book face? Yes. I think you already have that. What? Do you know all that reading you do? It's affected your face. What are you talking about? I don't know. You're the one who brought it up. I didn't say anything about reading. Yes, you did. No. You said you wanted book face. I'm not talking about this kind of book. I'm talking about that, you know, that, that book face thing that the grandkids have. Oh, you mean, uh... Facebook. Yes, Facebook. That's what I've been saying. Uh, no. I'm pretty sure I said book face. Yeah, you did. Why are you telling me I said the wrong thing? You're correcting me like I don't know what I'm talking about. What, and you never correct me? Only when you need correcting. <laughs> Where do you think you are going? I need some fresh air. You can't walk out in the middle of a discussion. We are way past discussion. Come back here. We are not done talking about this. I'm done talking. You are avoiding conflict again. I... I am not avoiding conflict. I prefer to think of it as minding my own business. It doesn't 
really matter what you call it. It's not helpful. Evelyn. What? What are we doing? Taking a break. <laughs> we are fighting. <sighs> You're right. We are fighting. Um, what are we fighting about? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, it probably wasn't worth fighting about to begin with. Oh, I know it wasn't. Let's sit down. Good idea. I'm exhausted. <sighs> that feels much better. Do you know what this reminds me of? What's that? It reminds me of the advice my grandmother gave us right before we were married. Don't chase each other around rocking chairs? <laughs> no. Had nothing to do with rocking chairs. Don't go to bed angry. You do remember. Hard to forget. You were a stickler for that one. I could never sleep if we were angry at each other. Made for some long nights, though. Yeah, we soon learned that we couldn't argue in the evening if we went to get a good night's sleep. Mm. I don't like to argue with you, Evelyn. I don't like arguing with you either, Edgar. I love you. Oh, Edgar. <laughs> well, how do you follow up Edgar and Evelyn? <laughs> oh, thank you guys very much. Um, hey, and welcome to communication, right? Um, here we go. Um, we are at the uh, the time where this is the, uh, I might, I guess I'll agree with you, Joel, that this is the most important night. Although next week, Next week we're talking about sex, okay? So, I mean, you got to put that up there and say which one is most important. I mean, I'm just saying, there's some, there's some dialogue. We should, we should talk about that. So, hey, there you go. Next week you're not going to want to miss that, right? Bring friends and family to that one. Um, although, be discreet about that one, okay? Hey, um, tonight Edgar and Evelyn have led us right into a discussion about communication. It is a simple topic um, that we're going to talk about tonight, right? In fact, it's so easy that it's um, something that we just kind of tend to, to take for granted. And I, I want to go back to uh, an early thing that we said early on in this um, little thing that we're doing. What is this thing called? A workshop, a seminar? It's a love you thing, right? And what we talked about is, is not just finding the right person, but being the right person. And I really appreciated what um, Zig Ziglar had to say about that. And you know that a guy is worth listening to if his first name is Zig, right? So... Here's what Zig Ziglar had to say about this. He said, uh, let me put it this way on the screen if I can read it there. If you treat the wrong person like the right person, you could well end up having married the right person after all. Isn't that interesting? Then he goes on. On the other hand, if you marry the right person and treat that person wrong, you certainly will have ended up marrying the wrong person. And he concludes, I also know that it's far more important to be the right kind of person than it is to marry the right kind of person. In short, whether you marry the right or wrong person is primarily up 
to you. Thank you, Zig. Well said, huh? And this is kind of what we're trying to get after, is how do we kind of come around being the right person? And particularly, how do we come around being the right person when it comes to communication? Because it's so easy to say, man, they just don't communicate well. What's wrong with them? What's wrong with them? So around your table, I'd like you to, to ask and answer this really simple question on this really simple topic. And if you're at a table where there's only two of you, you can talk about this, or you can kind of migrate to a table where there's more people to have a little bit more discussion, okay? But simply this, what is communication, okay? So let's have a little bit of table talk, turn it toward yourselves, we're going to give you just about a minute, no, no more than a minute to talk about this, all right? So don't wait to answer the question. You ready? Go. What is communication? Well, all right, you got... <laughs> The talk has gone down. You, you solved it. Interesting observation from up here. After I asked the question, um, I think it was Angela, if I can say that. Angela, I'm going to say it now anyway because I want to know. But Angela's like, I just hear female voices talking. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you were speaking and you were a man, I, that might just, I'll leave that alone, okay, about what your voice sounds like. Okay, talk to me. How did that go? What is communication? How, how did that conversation go? Easy, hard, whatever. How did it go? What was it like around your table? Easy to get started on that or not so much? Uh, uh-huh. No. What? Yeah. <laughs> Those two people, wife or dad, they, they, they do that. That's good. That's good. So, yeah, the nonverbal stuff absolutely is huge. Listening is just as important as talking. Good. Anything else around your table? I'm not fishing for anything in particular. Just just kind of seeing how, how it hits you. Easy or hard question? Easy. Easy. Hard. All right, easy question, hard to do. That's good. All right, well then let me push into that, Marty, a little bit and ask this next question. How do you know when you've communicated? Okay, so take that around your table for a minute. Okay, take that question. And how do you know when you've been, if it's easy or kind of easy hard, how do you know when you've communicated? Okay, if you're like, I'm a good communicator, all right, fair enough. How do you know when you've, when you've done it? All right, so take, take a minute, one minute, and kick that around. All right, go. All right, how did that go? Oh, good grief. What, are you used to be a teacher or something like that? <laughs> question about the question. What's your question, ma'am? Well, I just wanted to clarify if you were talking about effectively communicating with other people. Or are you talking about Broken communication. That's right. Thank you. Um, yes. Okay, so how'd that go? Now, I was thinking, how do you know if you've successfully accomplished this, if you've actually communicated? So. Yeah, so talk to me. How did that go around your table, besides like not liking the question? Okay, if you got over that philosophical thing, but anything else, how did it, how did it go for you? It was harder? Right. Mm-hmm. 
Right. So you're talking about a couple, couple different um, people involved, obviously, in the communication process and different expectations, spoken or unspoken, in that process. Yeah. Good. Good comments. Yep. What else? Anything else? I've got some commotion over here. <laughs> Any other comments? I'm not fishing, but just curious. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I've spoken, therefore you heard, and we've communicated, right? What more is there? fair. That's fair. That's good. Good. Let's consider this. Um, consider this definition of communication from um, H. Normwright. He puts it out this way, and let's look at those angles. If you think about what is communication, the process here, he'll write, of, of sharing yourself verbally and non-verbally, we've kind of picked that up, with another person in such a way that both of you understand and, what's that next word? <laughs> accept yeah what you say so a couple of nuances there that, that he calls it first of all a process right and sometimes we think communication is a, an end game it's a destination yeah we've communicated we're over that issue is done but oftentimes it's like you said something I think you said something let's keep talking about it there's this process of sharing yourself verbally and non-verbally we've covered that with another person in such a way that both of you not only understand but accept what you say. And I like the nuances of that. I think it's a pretty pretty good good way to, to see it and to do it. Okay. Now, here's another thing I want to lay out before I turn it over here to Joel and let him push out a little bit more. Um, not all communication is created equal. And I think we know that intuitively. You'll see this as we lay it out, but uh, I think it's important to look at. Um, let's talk about five levels of communication quick, okay? Um, and, and you'll see this flesh out um, in, in just a moment. The first level of communication is really the entry level layer of communication that we all can do easily. And that is it's a layer of communication that deals with facts, explanations, or information. It's just out there, how's the weather, okay, how you doing with that? Number two is ideas and opinions of other people. So you start talking about what do other people think about this? How do other people react to this? Then you start talking about, about others. Number three is your own ideas and opinions, things that you start thinking, oh, this is now, you know, this is how I think about this. This is my, my thoughts and opinions. Number four is your own personal experiences and beliefs, what you've experienced in the past and what you kind of believe in your heart about something. And then finally, your inner feelings, the things that men don't have and women do, those, just kidding, okay, heart and, and emotion, that kind of deep level of when you were dating or engaged or, you know, whatever, and you, you were just sitting there and talking until two in the morning because the world would stop for you and you could sleep later and you just kept talking about all things that you would dream about and sharing all of your heart and emotions with one another, okay? And that, that 
is is part of the deal. So I want to work that out for you in a, a little more concrete detail. So let's take these five levels of communication and think about um, like our love you event and and run them through here. Here's how this works. The first level of communication, you think about love you, you ask the question, what's going on? If someone were to ask you that on a Sunday morning or this afternoon or whatever, you'd say, hey, what's going on? Well, what's going on is love you is happening tonight. Okay, I've communicated information to you. You've understood that from me, and you probably picked up cues from me as to how I feel about love you based on how I've said it to you, like love you's happening tonight. Can't wait. You know, I mean, obviously, so you're, you're, we know this, right? I mean, we're picking up, man, love you's going on tonight. Okay, so, but, but that's just facts. Now, take that to a second level of communication. That is, what do others say about what's going on? So, love you's going on tonight. You know what? Um, here's, here's what uh, Jen has said about this, or here's what Laurie has said as we've been talking afterwards. You know, here's what, what Ben and I were talking about, and here's what he has to say. So, I'm going a little bit further, t- kind of telling you what's going on, but from other people's ideas. Now, the third thing is, what do I think about what's going on? So that is, okay, love you is going on tonight, and man, I, I think it's been a real uh, valuable thing. It's been, it's been good. I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that you should be there because it would be a benefit to you. So I'm kinda, but I'm kind of just in my brain right now, not really getting any further. Number four is what do I believe? Um, so then I'm saying, man, love you is going on. I just want to tell you that I really believe in the content of love you. Like I, I believe that if you are going to be getting married anytime soon or if you're married and you want to refresh your marriage, I believe that this thing will be really valuable for you to be at. And you can kind of feel all of a sudden I've turned the corner into something where I'm stop I'm now I'm no longer just sharing what I think in my mind. I'm now starting to share a conviction with you, right? I'm starting to share this is something that I really believe. Now finally this, number 5, what do I feel about what's going on? This is a fifth layer of communication where I might tell you, you know what? <laughs> Love you is going on tonight, and I want to tell you that when we went over this communication thing, that completely revolutionized the way that my wife and I communicate. And I did not realize how, how arrogant I was in my approach to my wife when it comes to conflict. And I just assumed, I just assumed <laughs> that she was wrong and I was right. And it's been really helpful for us to rethink how we come to one another at that level. And so I'm sharing with you kind of at my heart, at my emotion level, some stuff that really is challenging to me. So not all communication is created equal. And if you're anything like a normal person, okay, so for those who are left in the room, right, um, here's what Jen and I experienced, just kind of being honest with this one. Um, We feel like we land at levels one and two and maybe three a lot in the normal buzz of life that like Sunday to Saturday, Monday to Sunday, whatever you want to lay your work week out as. Like it's just full, right? I mean, what's going on? The question is, hey, what are you doing today? What's on tomorrow? What's on the calendar? Who's going where? Where are the kids going? What's for dinner? Blah, blah, blah. That's level one. I mean, anybody can do that. What's going on? And then level two is what do others say about that? Okay, oh, yeah, you know, what do people say about, you know, what our plans are or what's happening or what do I need to know about the party and who's coming to that and all that? But it takes us time. And to be honest with you, it takes us intentional calendar planning in our relationship to move intentionally to four and five. And so you can build a marriage and you can build a relationship on levels one and two and feel like, man, we talk all the time. Sure, but not all communication is created equal. And so if we're not intentionally creating the time to get down to level four and five, we're going to be missing the boat long-term in our relationship. And somewhere along the line, be it five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 years down the line, you're going to start to feel this distance between you and your spouse. And you wonder, why is that there? 
Like we haven't developed the pattern of getting down to level four and five on a relatively consistent basis. And when that happens, it's hard to kind of walk back into that territory. It's hard to, to be comfortable again with sharing, here's my heart, here's my emotions, here's my feelings about that because we've kind of gotten out of the habit because not all communication is created equal. Okay? All right. Very good. Thank you. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> The, the one thing I was going to say about that is from a different, you know, we're at a little different stage in life than, than, than Tim and Jen are in that they still have very small children that require babysitters if they're going to go out. Yes. Um, and are you offering? Could be. Maybe. <laughs> after love you. <laughs> um, no, but th- that, is, that was a challenge when, when our kids got to the point where, you know, oh, we, 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 we actually can leave them and go somewhere. Um, it, we struggled a little bit, like sitting across from each other at the, at the restaurant, like, okay, they're not here. Um, let's how eat our do- salad. How are, how are they Should we call them? You know, I mean, but, but I mean, you, you'll find yourself having that kind of that tug of war, like, because that's where the last half of that is coming in. So, so now that we are doing that more, I, that was a conscious moment for us when we realized that, okay, we get this one, two, and three fine, but when we have our moments, we've really got to keep practicing that mm-hmm. even when we're at that age because now, you know, we have that kind of that freedom to go. And, and we find people that are divorcing after 25 years of marriage is, is one of the biggest groups of, of divorce rates. And if we don't keep that that four and five um, level going, that's where we hit that snag. Like, oh my word, we don't have anything to talk about. We don't have any any way to get through to that. So that's why that becomes really important. And that for us was was that moment when we did start. You know, we moved to Pennsylvania. We had parents, and and we could go out and. And, and we sat there and looked at each other and, like, even with me, like, you know, or it was like a total one-sided conversation. Not that that never happens anymore, but, but that's, that's when you start thinking about those things. Okay, in 25 years when they're gone, am I still going to have something in common with you? That's why this, is, this becomes really imperative. Go ahead. That's good. <laughs> no, I think that, 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 go ahead. Nope. <laughs> I was just going to say we could resonate with that even a little bit. We went away here recently without our little people that follow us everywhere. And um, it was a strange feeling. It's like, hey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of that reintroduction kind of piece. Do you want to speak to any of that? No, I was just going to say for people who are at the same stage that we are in, um, we've noticed this adjustment probably more in the last few years because there is a time when they're really small. You can talk about anything, and they don't have a clue what you're talking about. And so you just talk over them, and you're still, they're there, but they're not getting it. And now we're at the point where we can't, you know, mm-hmm. their ears are very large, and they're very interested in what we're talking about. And, um, yeah, we just have to be, and they, we want to spend time with them, obviously. So it just takes It becomes extra a time. lot more intentional yeah. at that point. If you haven't noticed, um, the way that men and women communicate is different. Would, 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 would you agree? Hmm. Okay, I want you to take one minute around your table and talk about that. What do you see as the differences between men and women and how we communicate? One minute around your tables, very quickly, go. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, we're going to... 
we're gonna we're gonna fly through this this talking about. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to the principle about love. At 35, we've got three minutes to get through these two points. At 35, we want to get to the to, to this. So we're good. Yeah. You mean we're doing this at the end? Or? No, here. 635, present your real issue to us. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I it's right after. that with snack. No. Um, yeah. I got my times totally off tonight. Okay, that's good. A lot, lot of good, a lot of good conversations and laughter I hear going on. Somebody want to share with us what, what observations have you made about the differences between men and women and how they communicate? Okay, somebody from the back, back over here. that over there okay none of the men heard that (laughs) (laughs) women tend to women tend to be more verbal and 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 easily jump down to levels uh, four and five and more often than 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 men men tend to okay any other observations over here differences what do you see what have you experienced Oh boy. I'm fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> or I'm not thinking anything. I'm not not thinking anything. Yeah, that's 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 really true occasionally, you know. There the, is no music the, soundtrack the, going behind everything. The, 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 the interesting thing uh, about what you're saying is that really, really speaks to the First Peter passage, First Peter chapter three, about how men are called to live with understanding, and it's a lifelong process of coming to know and understand who your wife is, how she's created, how she thinks, and how she communicates. Angela and I have often. Um, talked about the, the difference between the way men and women think and the way that we communicate is men, we tie knots. We tie a knot, and then we tie a knot, and then we tie a knot. And women? Spin webs. Women spin webs. What does that mean? It just means that when he's doing, when it's time to, to do a project, then he finishes this project, and he moves on to the next project, and then he moves on to the next project. Don't ask him to think about the third project while he's on the first project. Whereas with me, it's Why like... Why would you? <laughs> along with a, a Broadway show playing in the background, you know? I mean, there's just thousands of thoughts. And I love what is going on Facebook now. If you want to know how my, a woman's mind works, it's like having a thousand browser 
things, whatever that is in the computer, open at all times. I mean, you've got, you know, that you can, you can go into each of these boxes. And, and so we're working on multiple thought processes. That's not always a good thing. And neither is the time or not. But it is how we, we do function. And, and, and when, we, when we come to understand those, those, those differences and we grow, and, and as I learned that, okay, she's got a zillion things that are going on, and I, I, it's, go, it's back to what I was talking about this morning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my stuff down, I'm going to look her in the face, and I'm going to really concentrate and, and, and pay attention to exactly what she's saying, why she's saying what she's saying, and how she's saying what she's saying, because all three say something different. And as I learn to interpret what she's, what she's feeling and saying and, 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 and bring some interpretation out of that, then I really get what's going on in her, in her heart, much less her head, going on in her heart. And I'm able to speak to that or act, act in that. Um, Tim and I were talking about this earlier, and um, we said that... Men, uh, men talk about feelings or think about feelings, and women feel about feelings. Okay, men think about feelings. You know, it'd be nice to feel something like that, or uh, but women feel about feelings, and so that emotional um, connection goes much deeper. Generally speaking, uh, and it, it, it's like saying when a man says, "I mean, the, uh, this was an old thing, but I told you when we got married, I loved you. I haven't changed my mind." You know. That's the kind of thing. I feel love. I feel it, you know. But she is going to feel that love in varying degrees and need to express it and and talk about it. And I really don't love you today. Like he's never said to me, I don't feel any love for you today. I, on the other hand, might have said, you know, I don't even like you today. You know, I mean, those those are the kinds of differences between how we process. For him, it is just a steady thing. I chose to love you. I still love you. And I may say it today. I may say it next week. For me, it's all wrapped up in the feeling of love and the choice is still there, but it is part of our communication process. And, and speaking of communication, we need to hurry. Um, and this is a, this, here, here's, a, here's a principle, here's a principle for us that we have really grabbed a hold of. It's very simple. It's drawn from First Corinthians, or excuse me, from Ephesians chapter 4. I imagine it's from Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, um, that when we have a conflict or we have a decision to make, um, there's a couple of decisions that we need to make as we enter into this conversation or as we enter into this, this conflict. First of all, simply speak. That's for me. Speak. I may have all this stuff banging around in my head, but it's got to come out and I have to speak. Because I don't read binds. Okay. Ever. But both of us really need to learn to speak the truth, not exaggerate, not embellish. That's me. But also speak the truth in love because that makes the difference in making that connection. And, and when we have conflict, when we have, uh, when we have issues that come up in our life, I, re- I alluded to this this morning, we were, I was talking about the fear dance, okay? The fear dance is a uh, <laughs> uh, pretty amazing um, concept that we were introduced to at a Gary Smalley um, uh, conference and and it we i would say it, no go. we didn't want to go it was My just like i'm so exhausted i don't want to do, do this. this but uh but we 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 oh, went love you. we gotta go <laughs> <laughs> but we but we went and uh 
it really was a light bulb moment for us um, about the way that we communicate. And we were, you know, we were married ten years, and it was, it was, it was just so solid, so, so good. And 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 a couple principles that we have in here to help you understand what uh, what the fear dance is all about. First of all, is that the external problem is rarely the problem. Okay, when we have conflicts, when we have, you know, disagreements, when we have fights. Rarely is the external problem, finances, the other person, those kind of things, those aren't the problems. It's much deeper. There are things that are under the surface that uh, insecurities under the surface, the core problem is our fear. Okay, we talked about that a little bit this morning. I'm not going to go over that, but that's the first, when, when sin entered into the world, that was the first thing, that fear, that insecurity, and we're instantly about self-preservation. Okay, and so uh, for, uh, for instance, for us, finances for me are huge. That go that plays into the way I was raised. That plays into a lot of things. So for security, I need to know that we're not going into debt. I need to know that we're you know our budget is is being met. I need to know that for security. So that is that is a major major fear for me. If I don't know what's going on with our finances and I know that we've got, you know, washer dryer things that are going out. I need him to be much much more communicative at that time because it's going to come out some way. It's not necessarily going to be me fussing about about finances, but that frustration and that fear is boiling on the inside and it can come out, you know. So how so so how, so how the fear dance actually works? Okay, if if say that 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 happens, we have we have a catastrophe. Our car falls apart. Our washer falls apart. Whatever. There's a there's there's a thing, and she's concerned about finances. And we may have talked about that, and we may know that we're we're okay. But she comes at, and then she comes at me. Expre- have you done, you know, have, have you have you done, done this? You know, have questioning you all that. That that has has pushed a fear button me of of like. I failed you. She doesn't love me. She she doesn't, she's, trust, she doesn't me. trust me. She doesn't, you know. And so, what am I doing? I'm I'm doing being Ben. I'm I need I need a break. I need to flee. You know, I need I need to I need to flee. Uh, you know, away from this. Give me give me. And it all it's amazing how all of this flows out of personality, our background, the shaping influences that we have. And so that fear dance when I, when when, it, when I will start to flee. That will trigger another fear in her life of. I don't want to be alone. I don't want. I don't want your to not have your approval. I don't want to, to um, to alienate you. So then I escalate. I follow him as he flees, and I, you know, I'm doing more of this and asking more questions that make him feel. And I'm like, and and I, then I become overwhelmed. It's just like, okay, it's, there's eighteen thousand questions, and, and I'm trying to concentrate on the first three and get through those. And you're down at number seventy-three. I can't do this. I, it, it, and so what I do, I want to, I want to pull away so that I can process and think and uh, go and address address number one. Why? Because I'm a man. I got to fix it. And so you start at one. That's where you do and how you do it. And so we have this this spinning thing that goes around uh, in us. And over time, we say this, that the fear dance is functionally dysfunctional. And what I mean by that is in the middle of our lives, okay, in the middle of your lives, those of you that have been married for a good long time, I can hustle, uh, uh, you have had, I guarantee you, you have had the same argument over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Why? Why? Why do we have that? 
Why does it because work like we that? push the same buttons every time, and it may be a different topic, it may be a different subject, but if we are if we are attacking each other's spheres, then we just circle around each other, and it can change topics, it can change geography, it cannot, but it will always come back to just a very, very, very few things. And we adapt coping mechanisms. Whether okay, we're just going to go to bed. I'm going to leave it alone. If 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 I stay quiet enough, she's going to stop. It's going to be over with, you know. And we begin. And 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 if it gets and if it gets out, and for her, if it gets out of her, and she's able to express that, and that then that's released and. Okay, I, I feel, I feel better. I feel better, you know. And so we we look at me. We do those. You talked about it. You told. We do those things. I'm the model. And in the middle, and in the middle of this, <laughs> in the middle of this, we think that the other person has the answer. If they would change, if she would, if she would just stop, you know, relax. I've got this covered, you know. We've we've got the money in the bank, you know, and she's thinking if he would just talk more and explain this to me and and let me see and provide that security. We, we're focusing, we, in the past, we've, we've really, really focused. If, if she would just come on, get with it, you know, and, and how can I, I'm a pastor, how do I verbalize that, you know? And she's thinking the same thing. We think that the other person is the key to this, but it's really not. We can break the, the rhythm of the fear dance by understanding our fears and then taking responsibility for our decisions, our emotions, our actions, and begin to walk in those kind of things. And we're going to be talking about that in the next, how do you do that? How do you, how, how do, you, how do, you do that? And it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing because as you spin around in that fear dance, and every single one of you have experienced it, you may not have been able to verbalize it that way, but as you've experienced that fear dance in your own relationships... There's hope. There's help to step out of that. And we can stop that cycle. For us, that really happened after that moment because in that moment, even though we think differently, even though we communicate differently, now we had something that we both understood from our point of view to say. And so I even used it this week. I just looked at him and I said, you're making me afraid. And he knew exactly what it was that he had said or not done or anything like that that said that. And he, go, and he repeated it to me. He says, and you're attacking me. And it makes me feel anxious. And so there's and so a... Then we stopped it. We went back to the root of it and were able to communicate in ways. There's always an opportunity in the midst of conflict to either grow closer or to grow farther apart. And the choice is yours. Do you want to continue dancing the fear dance or break out of that and find a new rhythm and a new dance in your relationship and deeper communication, deeper that leads to deeper intimacy. It's a beautiful thing, and it has radically changed the way that we communicate with each other. Because, because when we you have identify the fears in your life, that's the other thing. Fear is never from God, and that was something that was really, really pointed out to me. So when I'm being fearful about finances, when I'm being fearful about Him withdrawing from me or leaving me alone, those kinds of things, then I'm not satisfied in what God is doing in my life. That's a real indication of where I am spiritually when I'm allowing these fears to constantly overtake me. So that's my personal responsibility that I have to acknowledge in my life. That, that's where this comes down to. He's never going to be perfect for my baggage. My baggage has to be unpacked by myself. And the same thing for him. We help each other, hopefully. Hopefully we, we help each other to overcome some of those things. But that's, that's where this comes between God and I. 
Excellent. Um, the question that you raised there is how do we pull that off? I mean, how do we make this thing happen? Um, and I, I really appreciate the way you put it there, Joel. And, and I think to me, this is what's so important about communication. Like if I'm sitting here listening to this or listening online later, it's like, okay, I believe in communication, but why? Like, What's the compelling, something, especially for men, something has to be compelling enough for me to want to do something different than what I'm currently doing, which is like, hey, I'm still alive. She's still alive. Do we really need to change a whole lot? Okay. And, and to me, I think that whenever you face that piece of conflict in particular, it always provides you an opportunity either to go deeper or farther apart every time. Okay. And so the question is, how are we going to handle that? And how we handle that is important. So what we'd like to do in a minute, we're going to take a break. And um, when we come back from break, we want to talk moving from the dance to the dance floor. And we're going to talk about how we're going to um, give you, essentially, Jen, Jen and I are going to are going to fight um, for you up here, which would be good fun. Um, and then we're going to have you fight down there, you know, fight amongst yourselves, um, and we'll work that out. But we're going to kind of get after it and try to provide you with some tools and a resource and, and a way, a system to think through how we talk about conflict and communication called the floor. Okay? So five, ten-minute break. Grab the break stuff, and uh, we will be back. All right, welcome back to session two. Feel free to keep eating. I think there's more over there. I think they're going to leave it out or what have you and <clears throat> maybe pass it around or something. What's that? They won't last because they'll disintegrate by themselves. No. All right. All right. Um, well, here we are, and we're in the middle of communication, and what fun is it, oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh? No, that doesn't seem probably right. What fun would it be to talk about communication if we don't actually do something about it, right? And so what we'd like to offer to you is a, uh, a little bit of a, a so what, essentially a tool, okay, um, a, a tool to help you kind of work through how you think about conflict and communication within your marriage um, and within your relationships if you're not married um, this will work as well so here's here's what it's called it's called the the floor um, you can call it the floor exercise if you want to um, and what we talk about with the floor is this that it, it's designed to help you approach conflict resolution with confidence clarity and hope for a deeper connection okay uh, it's designed to help you approach conflict resolution with confidence, clarity, and hope for a deeper connection. <laughs> Angela's dropping food all over her lap, but don't, don't, no one saw that. Here, I can get so, it. Fear not. <laughs> well done, well done. <laughs> there you go, yeah, that's worthy of a, a chocolate dance. There you go. You better eat that now. <laughs> 15 second rule. So here's the floor exercise. It's designed to help you when you get into particularly some conflict that just doesn't make sense and you're kind of stuck on and um, it's cloudy, isn't it, when we're fighting with one another? It just feels off. Let me go back to Edgar and Evelyn a few minutes ago and it's like, what are we fighting about in the first place? And it doesn't quite feel right. And so what are we getting at and what's, what's kind of gone wrong and where's it gone wrong? So this is meant to kind of be a tool to help you think through what's going on. And, and the way that we do this is to try to think 
kind of systematically about how we approach this. And so you'll see some similarities between the dance that Joel and Angel were talking about and the, and the floor. And um, just going to roll out a few ground rules for you um, of how this works. Essentially, it is a, an exercise in patience <laughs> and intentionality as you think about trying to handle conflict within your relationship. So we, t- we talk about five steps of this thing because everything good has five steps. Right. Number one, when we do the floor, um, as we approach conflict, and, and Jen and I are going to work this out, and then we're going to ask you to work this out, okay? As we approach conflict, we want to start this way, that one person is the speaker to begin. And so when you use the floor, actually when we were introduced to this concept, there's actually a physical thing that we would use. And so you can use, sometimes it's helpful to have a physical thing in front of you, okay, the remote or... or you know, the pen or the cheesecake bites or whatever it is. And what's that? The knife. No, 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 no. The butter knife maybe, okay? Um, <laughs> so let's say in this case we'll use the pen to represent the floor and there's one person who starts as a speaker and their job is to communicate one short statement of, of fact and feeling with the formula like this, and this will feel rather wooden to you, by the way. Um, When you did this, in other words, when this fact happened, when this objective thing happened, when this happened, it made me feel, boom, what? Now, the first part of the sentence is usually easy for the men. The last part of the sentence is usually hard for the men. Like, it made me feel, I don't know, not good. (laughs) Annoyed. what more is there? <laughs> Frustrated. How about that? Okay. So we'll, we'll push through that. And the idea of it is to get below the surface of what's actually going on. So there's one speaker to start. Now, there's one listener. So if I happen to have the floor or the pen to begin with, then I'm the one speaking, kind of putting it out this way. In, in our context, Jen will be the one then rephrasing it. She's listening, going back to what Jim Mass said early on, you have to be a listener in communication. She's listening to rephrase this in her own words and she's not planning her defense argument right then, okay? And she's not rebutting, she's not arguing and, and getting ready to say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, but you misunderstood. No. Her, her job in this case would just simply be to listen and, and put it back in her own words, okay? And the third thing is then we're going to switch roles. So basically I would get a turn, say all that I'm going to say, and then Jim would get a turn, say all that she's going to say, and then give it to me, and we kind of go that way. You'll see how it works. And after we switch roles, then here comes a great chance to apologize to one another. And after the apology, here's the best part for the guys in particular, is then we get to make a plan. We get to fix it. We get to tie the knot and move on to the next thing. All right? We get to to move on. So this will make sense as we go through it. So here's what we want to do. I'm going to give Jen the floor to start. And and a traditional thing for us um, that we like to fight about every now and then. Same fight over and over. It's good fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think we've gotten a wee bit better on it. But... And it, it's, it's kind of minuscule now, in a way, but early on it felt like a big deal and really confusing and, you know, kind of... But the deal was, it wasn't... Again, it's never about the presenting issue, You're right? People have argued about Christmas lights, and it's been like the end of the world, and you're like, Christmas lights? And I think everyone knows after they stop and think about it, it's not about the Christmas lights, you know? It's not about the mayonnaise, it's just not about that. So, for us, um, we have a different time orientation sometimes, okay? We grew up, grew up in families that have a different time orientation, meaning, like... Last night, Luke had a birthday party, and it started at 6.30. So that means for her family, they're, if they're not there by 6.20, they're late. Okay, and that's <laughs> kind of normal. 
And for her extended family, it's like 5.30. If they're not there by 5.30, they're late. Um, yeah. So my family, like it's 6.30 or 7-ish. And that's fine. Like we'll, we'll, we'll roll in, we roll in, that's fine. So that didn't create any problems for us when we got married at all. So this is kind of the big, the big thing. This is kind of the deal. So this, I remember this conversation, <laughs> discussion, back in our home in New Holland. I think it was one of those times when that was really a lot of fun. So we'll we'll kind of go back in time to that, and we we still deal with this, although we've gotten gotten a little bit better at. It. But let's let's kind of go through this process now. And this this will feel a little wooden, a little bit like Saul, David putting on Saul's armor. But um, let, let's uh, let's go through this process, and then we'll we'll allow you guys to do some of this too. So here we go. We're we're about ready to go out for an evening at Jen's parents' house. I'm running late but doing what I think is an important thing. Actually, we're not running late in my mind. Like, we're running on time. In her mind, we're running late because we're not early. And so our definition of terms are different, right? Okay. So, yeah, no. We're fine. We are over this. It never happens anymore. Ever. <laughs> so here we go so let's um now we've come to a point in the evening where after i have all the kids in the car yeah there's a little bit of struggle but now let's go to after we kind of get there and then come back home and we put the kids to bed and now and now now we're ready to kind of talk through what happened we survived the silent ride from gap to yeah. or from new holland to gap hey sweetie <laughs> That's the point where I say when um, we talked about leaving at 4 o'clock to go to mom and dad's and you weren't ready till 4.10 or 4.15 or 4.30, it made me feel like you didn't care about what I wanted to do today or you didn't care about me. And then this is where I say, you're so wrong. I was right. I was right. And that's pretty much how it works. Um, so we'd like you guys to try it, okay? <clears throat> no. No, that's not how it goes. Okay. So how it's supposed to work is then I restrain my, myself, and I'm not using that time to think about how to defend myself, but I'm saying, okay. Okay, so what I heard you saying is um, you when I wasn't ready to go at the time that you that we, we agreed on that you felt like I didn't care about you. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. All right. You have to remember, it's not usually this calm. Oh, oh, it is. Oh, it is. a lot of emotion into it, but anyway. You're not driving now. <laughs> <laughs> Get off the pen. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Um, it feels like it's a consistent thing that you just don't really care about getting places on time and it makes me feel like we're the last ones to show up and everyone's waiting on us to get started and um, kind of like when we're waiting to start birthday parties till your mom and dad walk in the door and that's not how I want to be. Yeah, okay. So what you're saying is it makes, when I do this more than once, when this becomes a pattern, um, it's making you feel like we're becoming a center of attention for something that you don't want to be the center of attention for. Yes. And like everyone else has to kind of adjust their schedule to ours because we didn't show up when we said we would. See how right And And she, so, <laughs> yeah. 
I don't usually say that. So she's, she's clarifying where I didn't quite get everything because she knows this is her only time to make her case. Because once she gives me the floor, she's done with the floor, which is exciting. And it, when he's rephrasing, it helps, you know, in a different situation, it helps. Um, if he rephrases something, and it is what I said, but not really, truly what I meant, it gives me time to say, well, no, not that exactly, and can mm -hmm. kind of keep pushing at what, what it is. Because mm -hmm. in the moment, when you're frustrated and upset, it's hard to, like, we've done this one so many, like, every premarital, so we're really good <laughs> at this particular fight, but yeah. in the moment, it's difficult to come up with exactly how you feel. You just feel mad, and it's hard mm -hmm. to break down why that is. Anything else? No, nope, I'm done. Okay, so when she's done, she's done, and she'll give it to me, and like, okay, um, and then I'll, I'll say my thing that I was waiting for. Okay, um, you know, when we um, when we when we are getting ready to go to a um, a party, a social gathering um, that that doesn't have a, a hard a hard start time to it. it you know like it's not like the speech begins at 4.30 or if you're not there at 4.30 something bad happens to the world um, <laughs> okay when, when no you're not doing the formula <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying you. to I'm trying yeah you're, no, you're exactly right I gotta shorten that thing keep it simple so when when we're trying to get ready um for a, a party, particular social gathering, when we're trying to get ready, um, I will. In, in in this case, when I'm when I'm trying to do something last minute, like I forget what it was that I was doing with the kids in particular, but in my mind, what happened was I'm when I'm trying to to do something that I think is good and valuable last minute, and it will push me late, and you get very frustrated, intense, and angry about it. it makes me feel like. Um, what I'm trying to do to help our family is not important, and it makes me feel that you care more about your family than me. I hate that card. <laughs> That's never come up. That's yeah. all Thank you. <laughs> so when I um, get stressed about being somewhere on time and you're trying to do something else, it makes you feel like I care more about my family or whoever we're going to see than what you're doing. Or then you. Yeah, that was well said. That was good. Can't imagine when I heard that. Uh, yeah. Um, and 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 I do feel, um, you know, when we're when we're running when we're running a little bit late, um, I I sometimes feel. I guess maybe it's a similar thing, but I feel under un, uh, devalued. I feel like I'm not important um, to you because the most important thing is time. Time is, becomes more important than me. Um, so when when I feel that stress, of, it makes me feel like, man, you know, one minute is more important than than I am. One. <laughs> 15, 20. <laughs> Just kidding. So, <laughs> so this is the non-defending, non-whatever part, right? <laughs> so when I get worried about the time or what time we're leaving, it makes you feel like that is more important than 
you as a person. Yeah. 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 The reason we're doing it this way is because we want to get under how we're making each other feel because that's really the issue. Um, because in the course of this thing, she, I have felt like I'm not important. I, I have felt devalued. And she's felt like I don't care about her. And neither one of those are true for either one of us. But in the process of being late or early or whatever, we have made each other feel the exact opposite of how we really feel about one another. And it's the presenting issue and getting underneath it. And so here's where we, we've already switched roles and now we just kind of move the floor aside. And this is where, this is where there's a sweet moment of, um, and a powerful moment of apology. And this is where we say, conflict can help you grow together or grow further apart. And if you can't get underneath the surface, it's just going to keep pushing you. But if you can, and if you can push underneath the feelings of it, here's where, in the sweet moment of your, your own personal conversations, you can really just say to one another, you know, honey, I'm sorry. You know, will you forgive me? Because I did not mean to make you feel like I don't care about you, but I did. And I don't want to do that again, so I'm sorry. And what that, what that does, too, um, obviously going back and forth that way takes out the, you know, I'm trying to say what I want to say, and you're saying what you want to say, and, like, whoever can be loud. I mean, we're not really shouters, but kind of whoever says the most or the loudest or the longest is the winner. Um, and really, you know, when you hear the other person, that the person that you love most in the world telling you that you made them feel a way that you certainly did not want to make them feel, it kind of takes the kind of takes the anger out or the wind out of your sails and like well even though i'm frustrated with you and even though we need to work on this i don't want to make you feel that way that's not yeah. not the point and it really just helps kind of calm everything down and yeah. move forward and then it pushes us to number 5 where we make a plan where we go through the apology piece there on, on both sides we need to do that and then sometimes we both don't need to do that sometimes it's like she realizes we, uh, that I'm wrong and I realize that she's whatever you know either way sometimes you just know that it's not always a dual thing and then you make a plan it's, it's okay wow when I'm and so then I'm way more cognizant way more aware that man this is really important and that I get ready at four o'clock is so important to her that it makes her feel so unloved when I don't do that okay four o'clock it is I mean you bet I'm ready at 359 even so good. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like most things, I mean, you do learn to, this was something that we would argue about early on as we were adjusting to two very different backgrounds coming together. And I think because we've been able to get to the bottom of it, it's not a continual theme. Yeah. Um, and we've both softened up on our yeah. position and meet in the middle. The, and this, that's a fairly simple plan to make on this one. Others are not as simple, like how many kids should we have? can't quite agree on that one sometimes or you know what kind of whatever home do we buy where are we going to move what kind of job you know how do we handle this with our parents and we disagree on that this one is a little more easy to navigate i understand that that's why we do it um because it's simple to see the steps um, but it can be applied to, to the complexities it absolutely can be um, okay so here's what we'd like you to do um, we'd like you to fight now okay we'd like you to take this model here and have something in mind that you can talk to one another about. Now, there's some singles here, um, and what we, you can do a couple things. Um, one is, if you want to, you can gather up around this, like, let's just designate a table up here, okay, one of these tables up here, and, and find somebody else who's, who doesn't have a partner to fight about, and then, and then find something, kind of take your turns, if you will, like one of you 
pull up an argument with mom and dad, a former roommate, a friend or whatever, and, and just explain it and then play the role and then switch it around and go that way, okay? Um, or you can observe or you can just kind of fight in your own mind like, oh, yeah, and, and switch, okay? <clears throat> Which would almost be comical enough to see on its own, all right? Um, but this would be kind of the meeting table for that if you want to have that that opportunity to do that up here um, you can do that or you can if you're comfortable sitting with people that you're with and just kind of want to observe that around the tables here that's fine um, as well okay so take a couple minutes now um, talk to one another about something that you have thought about something that's not quite in line you know or, or that has been an issue before and try to work it out in this in this way and it may feel wooden it may feel off a little bit but um but give it a run, and then we'd like to debrief and talk about it and say, hey, what went well, what was hard, and what are your pushbacks to it, okay? So take a couple minutes right now. If you need to get some more cheesecake to kind of soften things up, right, you know, do that. But um, let's, let's make that happen and see how it goes, all right? Go. All right, all right. How's it going? You guys look... You're not done. You can keep fighting later. You guys look so polite when you're fighting. So happy and smiley. Happy fighting people. All right. I most likely interrupted you somewhere in the middle. Maybe only one of you got to even floor it to the other one. Um, Maybe you got to switch roles. You probably didn't get to push through the whole thing quite yet, but uh, that's okay. Let's talk about where this hit you, um, what you experienced just now, and or what you saw when Jen and I went through this. So basically, let's talk. How did it go for you? What do you think? Ooh, but what about this? And I don't know about this. And this felt awkward, or this was hard. Um, you know, so let's just talk. Talk to us about what 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 was hard, what was what maybe was good, what 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 you saw. Yeah. 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 Especially when you're actually in the argument, because you're you're really. I mean, you know, we're not tense up here about this. But when you're actually in the she's moment, not tense about this. It's really hard. To, it takes a couple tries sometimes to get out what you really feel, and sometimes it's more than one feeling. It's not just one. It's a lot of layers and a lot of um, things. Yeah. And if you're of a more volatile personality, which would be me, one of the big things that they said was take. You know, maybe it was a silent ride to Gap and home. You know. Uh, that would seem unbearable to me because everything when we first got married needed to be fixed within you know everything was a crisis everything needed to be fixed right in this moment well he's not anywhere near prepared to to share those feelings and to understand what's going on he's just trying to find out why I exploded so that yeah taking taking time and making sure that you're having this conversation giving each other the opportunity to take a breath and and not do it in crisis mode, you're going to have a much better chance of of, of, of having resolution. Because with my way, you're just grabbing that pen. It's my turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. You know, and that's that's so for me. I have to have this be done when it's not in a crisis. Marriage is long. 
Yeah. That's got to be the hardest thing, I think, about the floor thing is identifying that feeling. And that's the, we keep trying to push that out whenever we talk to couples. That is, I think, the hardest thing about this. We, you, it, other, things keep escalating. I mean, we get, well, I didn't mean to, and I wasn't. And then, well, I know you didn't, but you did anyway. And blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, how did, you know, that, how did it make you feel? It's so hard to, ver- it's so hard to verbalize, but it's so important to verbalize. Because that's the issue. <laughs> that is absolutely the issue that we run around. Good, good. What else? What else have you seen experience? experience said this is a, this is an attempt to slow us down in that conflict resolution process and to objectively tie a feeling to an event so this happened and it made me feel this way and you're if Corey, if you guys are anything like us that language will change like you're not going to actually sit down James I want you to know when you do this it made me feel this like it, it just becomes more natural it'll yeah it'll become more uh, more normal human sounding than kind of robotic in that way but that's, it's an attempt to de-escalate and kind of pull the emotion out of the air of the conflict because that is really kind of what keeps, if you imagine the emotion as the logs you keep putting on the fire of conflict, we're trying to pull the logs off the fire so that it doesn't keep getting bigger. And this is a way to do that. There are? Yes, there are, that's right. <laughs> And, and that, that uh, Alicia, that was something that um, before I was married that I was obsessed with being right. Um, and rather than seeking reconciliation. Because if you're right, you're right. You, you know what I mean? That's, 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 that's the whole thing. And, you know, Lord has certainly changed my, my personality and the way that I approach things. Um, has done a, a lot of a lot of work on me, and I sometimes I feel like I may have swung at the opposite extreme, just kind of sitting and absorbing, and you know those those kind of things. But that that what you're saying is very very true, absolutely both yeah. both sides. We can be so right and so wrong in our rightness sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good interactions. This is a difficult uh, construct to get if you're not used to doing something like this, but it can be we think a very valuable. Um, construct to put on top of your communication strategy right now and how you try to work through conflict. If it's true that every conflict provides an opportunity to grow deeper, grow further apart, one way, one tool to help you kind of get deeper at it is to say, hey, let's take turns fighting. 
you fight first. I'll listen. I'll tell you what you think. And you'll correct me. And then my turn. Then we can have a chance to apologize, love on each other, forgive, and and then make a plan. I really understand how to make things better from here. So we give you the floor. You take the floor for what it's worth, what you want to use it for. We found it to be a helpful piece, helpful way to de-escalate and to get underneath what's really going on. Okay. Um, next week, uh, we're going to get together and we'll um, be, be talking about sex next week, so you're going to want to miss that. You're not going to want to miss that, right? Um, that should be... We can't, we can't wait for the skit. <laughs> so, there you have it. No pressure. <laughs> and with that, and uh, there we go. All right, we'll have to have some conflict resolution on that one. All right. So, yes, that will be, that will be fun. Yeah, all right, no pressure on that. All right, we just ratcheted up the anticipation. We can sell tickets for next week at this point, all right? Help finish paying off that building debt right now. All right. Um, so now, hold on, though. Uh, bring, bring it back just for a minute. Um, in two weeks, in two weeks is our last session, and here's what we're going to ask you during that time. So be thinking about it now, and that is what's your plan moving forward from here? And think, think in terms of ones. What's a one-month plan and a one-year plan that I can make from here? So we would like you to kind of review what happened during this entire Love You thing from um, communication this week to family background to, to finances and kind of a design for marriage, Ephesians 5 context. And we'd like you to, to press out and work out within the context of your single life or your married life or your engaged life. In one month, what's something that I can do right now in one month, perhaps a habit I can change? And it could be a simple little thing that could take five seconds in the morning. I mean, this doesn't need to, to completely change everything about your schedule, but a one, something I can do in one month and... If I could plot it out a year from now, this is the kind of person, man, woman, I'd like to be. So think about that. We want to push out the vision here for who are you going to become? What are you going to do with this material? Where do you need to push it out in your own life? One month, one year. We'll kick that back in two weeks. All right? So for next week. For next week, um, <clears throat> uh, one, one question. How many of you had the opportunity to express love to your partner by giving them undivided attention this week? Boom. First first. First one that I saw right there. See me afterwards, you got a prize. Uh, number two, this week we want you to, um, another love language is, is acts of service. And Angela, what might, what might that look like? If you, if you receive love by acts of service, then you are probably walking into the house and you've not asked your spouse to do this, you've not you know, mentioned it. Um, it may be on a to-do list because, generally speaking, people who have acts of service as a love language have an ongoing to-do list. Um, but if you walk in the house and the dishwasher's been unloaded and nobody asked you, then that means this person has taken the time to do something out of the ordinary to, to, to make me feel loved. Um, if it's, you know, I really detest the closet doors being open all the time. And he goes through or she goes through and, and close. That's, that's tangible things like doing something on the honey-do list, um, doing um, something to fixing help the, the children, fixing the closet door. Joel has already done his homework for the week. Uh, you know, I came home and he was doing it, and I honestly was like, that is so amazing. So that, that may be how, how you receive love. It also may be how you express love. Maybe you don't say, I love you as much, but hey... I am on top of, 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 of doing something for this person. So this week, 
find something to do. Jump into it. And on the, on the back, just, just another thing. There's just some guidelines, uh, good guidelines for communication. I throw that out to you. Those are helpful things. And don't forget, as you stand, check under your chair. And we want to give you a chance to take your, uh, take your uh, significant other out, uh, maybe for coffee this time. And uh, maybe talk about some of the things that were, or maybe just have a good fight. All right. Thanks for being here.